What's up everyone? My name is Matt James and welcome to Generation Bitcoin. Today I'm here with Justin Wu. How are you doing today, Justin? Thanks thanks for being on. Great. Thanks for having me on too as well. Uh, excited to uh, be on the show. Yeah, great. Let's get right into it. So I want to start off a little bit with a backstory about you. So you're the uh, host at the DeFi Summit, uh, the largest crypto conference dedicated just to DeFi. Uh, you're, you're on the community team at Pi Blockchain. Uh, and you've built over 200k followers across Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Very impressive. So, uh, tell me a little bit more about your backstory. Uh, what have you been involved in throughout the years? What, what are your What are your interests and passions? And where are you now with that? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I've been doing growth marketing in the space since 2017. Uh, initially, got into working, you know, for better or for worse. The, you know, the initial like ICO um, launches. Uh, in the past as well and um through kind of my career um i kind of just started building up communities and ecosystems in the space for on the behalf of other companies so i worked alongside um with companies such as like airswap so airswap was like one of the first um you know early decentralized swapping they can do like peer-to-peer -peer, um as well um, and then I helped, uh, you know, worked a few different things such as hosting um, Seattle Blockchain Conference, the largest Seattle Blockchain Conference uh, here in the Northwest, um, E3 Blockchain Gaming Stage. I hosted the first uh, E3 Gaming slash NFT stage inside of E3. That's around 2018. Um, people thought we were crazy. <laughs> um, mm. And then fast forward to now, um, just been focusing a lot on DeFi and NFTs. Um, looking at a multi-chain cross-chain um, ecosystem and uh, seeing what's going on in decentralized finance what really you know uh, excites me about the whole space right now is that we're starting to find a lot of different use cases for crypto um, which is just bringing more mass adoption and liquidity and money into the space as well and, and you know we saw we, we just breached two trillion market cap again so i'm excited uh where the whole direction of everything's going Awesome. Hey, you, you seems to have a lot of experience in the space. Uh, you so you dropped out of college, is that right? And you you made that work with with being an entrepreneur and all that. Yeah, yeah. So I dropped out um, around my junior year, uh, and I was just because like my marketing agency at that time was just taking off. So uh, I just went all in on it, and that's awesome. Uh, yeah, <laughs> haven't looked back ever since. Hell yeah, that's the way to do it. If you, if you can make something work like that, that that's super sick. So I uh, I respect the hustle for sure. Definitely, um, definitely. <laughs> you you prefer you prefer the entrepreneur route than the uh, nine to five route? Yeah, for the most part. Um, you know, I think that there there's value. I mean, I'm not going to discount like the education that I went through for um, university. I did meet a lot of really great uh, and and super smart people, and also learned a lot of things. Um, at a high level as well. So, um, but you know, I think the, the mismatch is the cost of the education. Um, I think you can get that elsewhere as well too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. In terms of just like being an entrepreneur and, and builder, um, yeah, I've always been that. And, uh, it's very hard. Um, but I think it just comes down to uh, discipline and, and also to just setting in goals to like what your, what your personal growth, growth goals are and what you're trying to do. And, Constant iteration, I think. Um, failing, failing forward is the best analogy I, I can say. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you have to learn every time you fail, right? And then it's a step forward, step towards your goals for sure. Yep, yeah. yep. 
So when did you uh, first find out about crypto? Was it uh, way back, uh, was it a while ago? or And why, why did it appeal to you when, when you mm-hmm. first uh, found out about it? Yeah, so I actually found about it in around 2013-ish or so, plus or minus around there. Um, I actually found Same out. Same here. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I heard yeah. about, actually, so like when I, you know, like at first I heard about Bitcoin, it, it was through, you know, the Silk Road and a lot of these guys were just going buying you know, they, they're sure they're just buying drugs and stuff on there. And I, and I discounted the Bitcoin because of that initially. Um, mm, but mm, there were sure. people that were heavy on Bitcoin at that time um, because, you know, you, you, they were, they were you know, using the Silk Road. Res- that was like the first application for uh, that yeah. brought more mass adoption. Um, fast forward a little bit more after that, um, I start, you know, Bitcoin started its move from a little bit more mainstream Um going from you know i saw it go from 100 dollars to 1000 i was part of that time i started buying bitcoin at like 200 ish um and then uh i saw these other coins such as litecoin dogecoin and others um where i could actually mine mine them with my graphics card and i had a lot of uh gaming uh tools and, and computers um and so i started mining um dogecoin and other script based uh my uh mining coins did you uh, hold the Doge all these years? <laughs> I did not actually. So you know, oh. I, I like—I always tell myself I, I like staying poor because I had over a hundred million Doge coin in the past. But it's something that you can't really like. You know, you can't really predict and and, and figure it out. And I had to liquidate all that yeah. because of uh, to cover my like um, mining costs, um, at hardware, etc. And then also too, like I was mm-hmm. just converting it to Bitcoin and a few other coins as well at that at that time. So um, I. I personally thought Dogecoin was a meme. I, I mean, I, I I understood how it could spread super uh, a ton just seeing how like how meme level it got to on like Reddit and Steam. Um, yeah. And uh, but yeah, ultimately though, yeah, I uh, I had to sell it all and I didn't keep any. Or I probably yeah. had a wallet that had a ton and I just lost the wallet. I just just through the years. Yeah. Yeah, that's how that's how it is with most people. You know, it's hard to uh, to hold, and and also there's so many things that could happen. You know, you could have it on an exchange like Mt. Gox, and it could be gone. You could mm-hmm. have, you know, you could have a scammer steal it from you. You could lose the the seed phrase, not not back it up properly. There's a lot of a lot of possibilities, and a lot of people haven't haven't held on and and still have their crypto after all these many years. I, I know a lot of people have lost it and, you know, have it on an old laptop and the laptop's yep. <laughs> gone or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's quite the journey to, to keep it through, through many years <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Especially at that early time, you never know. You just, yeah. <laughs> crypto was so yeah. unstable. And then hearing the whole Mt. Gox stuff happening and you're like, Oh man, this, this might be just a fad and it's dead or whatever. And, um, yep. you just never know. Yeah. The, the industry was so nascent at that time. And, um, it, yeah, th- because of that, there wasn't really like much jobs or things to work for in terms of as an industry. Um, except there was like a few pioneers and then that's where I met like people like Brock Pierce and others that were just hundred percent into Bitcoin and crypto, but, um, it just didn't seem like it had traction at that time. And you just can't even see it at that time. You know, people are still building some super foundational stuff. And even then, um, yeah. it took them how long, like when I was in yeah, 2013, another three or four years before we saw the next emergence of the Dow, um, Ethereum and others pop off too. But that, that's when I, when I, when I start hearing that, then, uh, Ethereum and, and the Dow, 
um, that's when I started get, getting back into crypto mm-hmm. and started working in the crypto industry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right, though. Back then, no, no one really took it seriously. It was kind of a fringe thing, for sure, and it had a lot of more risk, and it was a lot more difficult to understand and to, you know, properly self-custody and all that. Now we have a lot of good education tools out there. So so I, I uh, did a little research on you. I saw, I, I did see a picture of you with with Ron Paul, and, and I that, that that's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, so you met <laughs> yeah. Ron Paul, is that right? And are you into the whole libertarian scene? Or? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, for, for first off, yeah, I'm uh, definitely in, in libertarian, um, or as close as you can get. But like, I always know that too. <laughs> Being a libertarian is could be a pipe dream for a lot. Many, it's just it's so divisive, even within the libertarian community of what a libertarian yeah. is. Uh, some people are like, "Oh, Rand Paul's a libertarian." No, he's not. But, but that's a whole other subject too. And I think Ron Paul is as best as we got it, and uh, he got squashed. So, um, yeah, <laughs> during the whole rise of Ron Paul, like I was uh, just very active on his campaign. Um, met him as well too during that whole time. Um, and then got to participate in um, uh, Washington State Caucus and stuff uh, and what's going on there and got to see um, Ron Paul got censored and stomped out. So, um, But in terms of like yeah. the whole libertarian idea movement, I um, had supported it. But um, yeah, at this point, I'm just um, I, I, I declare no party pretty much. I'm just like in the middle. I just like look at both sides and see how... How how messed up it is, <laughs> yeah. Super decisive, uh, divisive right now. You're right, and it's, yeah. even in these communities, you know, crypto. You got your super divisive uh, libertarianism. It's like we agree on 99 percent of things. Like, why can't we just come together and, and work together, right? <laughs> it, it's, yeah. it's it is kind of the nature of libertarianism. Everyone wants their own freedom to do their own thing, and, and they have their own personal interest. And then uh, then they go also just you know. Uh, Running over other people as well too. I think uh, the 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 one that um, was it Peter Thiel and others are just like an examples of like uh, not true libertarian (laughs) under the guise of libertarian and and then just going in and just doing deals with the government and just personal interest stuff and it's just it's it's just libertarian shit. (laughs) Yeah, politics as as usual. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I wanted to get into uh, DeFi a little bit here. Um, mm-hmm. DeFi has gotten, you know, blown up as of recently, and uh, there has been a few hacks. Uh, been, I, I'm sure you've heard of them. Uh, I, I was following the ThorChain project, uh, and what they're doing is really cool. That they have a cross-chain uh, Dex uh, that was that was actually a working product, um, so that was pretty dope. I, I supported that. Um, there's a, a bigger hack, a Poly Network hack, where you know there's over 600 million dollars uh, stolen from that one. Uh, have you been following these uh, hacks recently? And are you uh, are you thinking that you know it's a bad sign for DeFi, or what's what's your take on you think DeFi is ready for for widespread use yet, or no? You think these hacks are, definitely. Yeah. We're still super early, um, but you know, first off, with the Poly hack, you know, like it was personally like I don't, I don't, I just don't know much about the Poly uh, market. But when I did ask around, it seemed to be like a a place for a lot of the Asia traders and and investors mm. to participate in. Personally, if I saw that site, like it's just not for me because it's like it's all Chinese like partners. And personally, I stay away from any Chinese product from China and 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 or catered to that market. But that's just 
because my trust mm-hmm. level is not there with especially for DeFi. I, I only trust like non non Asia uh, projects overall. Um, that's just my that's my personal backing. Um, in terms of like the hacking and whatnot, you know, obviously we saw that the hacker returned all the funds and whatnot. It it exploited um a, a new part of I didn't really dive too much deep into it, but like I saw that they they were able to not attack from just like a single protocol, so it wasn't like Polygon or Binance Smart Chain's fault. They attacked the smart contract or something in the code where it had to do with like cross chains or multi chain. Um, so just being able to like move assets from different chains, like I'm sure they were able to attack different things there. So I do think that, yeah, I mean like with these hacks are terrible, but at the same time, um, if, um, if we can get more white hat hackers, um, I wouldn't call mm-hmm. this guy the, the white hat hacker, but although he did white, he pretty much returned the money, which is great. Um, but you know, re- revealing all these issues, even though there is a hack, like is part of the process because it's, it's like, it reminds us we're still super early and the more that we can continue to find all these bugs and codes and, and, and exploits, then we seal, seal all that up. Then, then we'll be get ready for institutional, um, uh, to come. But, you know, we're already seeing that, um, in the future where like Ave and others are creating kind of their own private, um, offering for institutional and bigger money to come in. So like either like a private pool that nobody can really touch in. It's per, it might be permission even as well. Um, and so like that's probably like the safest way to protect um, future institutions and fintech companies to come into the space and protect their liquidity um, from from some of these attacks. doesn't mean it's guaranteed, but it's a little bit more um, siloed um, compared to being like an open liquidity pool or, 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 or network um, across f- um, for DeFi. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm always keeping it tracking the space. So it's, we, I think we always joke around another, another day, another hack. It's just, it's, just, it's, uh, it seems to be a normal, normalized thing. Um, yeah. If we were, yeah, the back prices in, didn't even move much. I was surprised. No. It's like people were, you know, oh, that's normal. That's fine. That's expected. <laughs> yeah, it's like either immune to it or I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the craziest thing about DeFi I've seen is it's, 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 I think it's because like DeFi, um, the mass adoption for DeFi has been so uh, de- uh, all degen heavy, like degenerates. Yeah. Um, you know, all the DeFi farmers, like they, they would, I mean, the fact that th- these guys are, uh, everybody is in, in DeFi is just, a bunch of apes that are just throwing money at like really wacky code back then. Um, even now still, they'll just look at a site and see high API yep. and high farming yeah. and no auditing unknown team, ain't on team might get rugged, but they're still yeah. going to ape in. And, and it's like people we've seen it in the past year, like people getting rug pulled left and right. And if we had that same situation happen, ICOs, like it would have definitely just impact the price. We're like, Oh shoot. Like this is not stable, but yeah, it's pretty crazy to see that people are still okay um, for that, and they're just chasing the gains. Um, I think that that's really what it is. It's like people got burnt, but as long as um, that's part of the process, and and you have to just calculate for that, I guess. Yeah. Um, but overall, you know, I am bullish in the space despite the hacks. I think that um, what's exciting to me about this is is we're able to just take all these like fintech models that are happening in in real life. Um, in the real world market, as well as some of these neo banks and others, but do better than what they're doing as well. So, I, I think that um, eventually we're going to get there, and we're still super early. I mean, DeFi just started really taking off like like a year or two ago, 
Um, and even then, um, we're still um, pioneering the space. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Though there there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of rug pulls and, and scams out there, so you do got to be careful. But um, yeah, I think gotten too much into uh, into um, what do you call it? Yield farming and whatnot. Yeah. Um, it's interesting though. There's a there's a lot of you know NFTs too. It's kind of a little bit more out there on the risk curve. You know, you're, you're taking Definitely. more risk and Definitely. and you're and you're going ch- chasing those big gains. Have you had uh, any experience uh, with that? You, you've been uh, yeah. tinkering out with different yield farming. Is that right? Yeah, I'm a I'm a, I'm a daily farmer. So yeah, I've been farming um, a few different platforms um, at the moment, um, and uh, yeah, clocking in a, a good amount of uh, crypto a day. Um, nice. It, it definitely yeah requires experience especially like you just have to start small and just to learn how to DeFi farm um and and provide liquidity join these lp pools um but then you have to also uh kind of just learn about impermanent loss impermanent loss is super real um you know whatever asset you join in um or even if you just go in and, and see high apy but you buy the governance token just you have to really look at the token economics of of the the protocol of the platform or the farm that you're farming in because because if you also have high APY if everybody else also has IP, APY that means they're farming a ton of the governance token and then they can just instant, instantly dump it especially if the farm mm-hmm. itself has no utility except to just farm um then yeah you, the price action is just going to collapse and you just see all the like farm token governance tokens just keep going down because there's just so much downward sell pressure so i say that token economics plays a huge role in in defi um and defi farming as a farmer because it's it's when it comes to like farming in the end of the day it's just all math and numbers um what is the apr mm-hmm. what is the uh, apy that's also important understanding the difference between apr and apy um, mm. and then, um, and then impermanent loss, um, and then protocols too, at this point, um, the way I see DeFi though, is just like, it is, um, going in waves, meaning like it's jumping from Ethereum. Then it went to Binance smart chain because Ethereum hit its like, uh, scaling caps and then it went to polygon. Um, but what, what, what we're going to see next is these other protocols such as Polkadot, um, and Kusama turn online, um, uh, Cosmos, Cardano, um, and when they first launch, you're going to see the same exact thing. You're going to see the food coins, the meme coins. Uh, it, it, it just follows all the same exact pattern because it's just all hype. And 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 if people yeah. can just print a new token, um, they're going to do. They're just going to fork code easily as long as you know they they have it ready to go. Then they're just going to fork code, or they're going to find somebody that has built the first Uniswap of that. Um, protocol yep. and then somebody will fork it again and just create another farm yep. um, as well too so th- that's the way i always look at it there's always opportunities in those days and and i always like to attack it on day one because like the apy on those farms are could be like five thousand plus percent and uh if you go hard on it then you can make a ton of money um, early on and then exit it it's and crazy high yeah, it's crazy high because they're, they're just minting tokens and, and the rewards are um, super high because they want to bootstrap the the network with uh, liquidity. Beginning. Yeah, and build yeah. the hype. It's part of the, the hype cycle. Yeah, that sounds like you really got to stay on top of it. And uh, things are constantly changing in this space, like you're saying, you know, going from one blockchain to a different blockchain, forking code and coming out with a tweak. And that's the new thing. And now the old one's out. And it seems yeah. like a very uh, high high pace environment to uh, to be in. So you really gotta, (laughs) yeah, 
<laughs> so you think uh, cross-chain, uh, there's going to be more development there? You think things 100%. are going to link into each other and things may be linked into Bitcoin as a, as a base layer or something like exactly. that? That's what I've been looking into. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking at the cross-chain stuff and, and multi-chain. Um, the biggest two that are, I'm looking at is Cosmos and the Tendermint ecosystem. Um, and then um, Polkadot and Kusama in terms of uh, a multi-chain or cross-chain implementation that is uh, more immediate right now. Um, others are building a lot of these bridges as well and just or just wrapping, uh, usually wrapping um, assets like wrap Bitcoin and others, uh, mm -hmm. wrap Polkadot, wrap ETH, etc. Um, on native to their their uh, their chain and, and, and platform, but. Uh, when it comes to like cross-chain and multi-chain, you know, I think that, um, yeah, like Cosmos right now has a new upgrade called Cosmos IBC, which is c called Inner Blockchain Communication. Uh, and then very nature of Tendermint and, and Cosmos is basically internet and blockchains. So all the projects built inside of Tendermint or built on Tendermint um, will are, are, are multiple layer ones. Um, and there is a uh, essentially like a freeway that you can open up a port and just connect all the layer ones together and then just be able to move your move your uh, assets from one chain to another um, seamlessly as well. So that's just starting now, um, but yeah. won't really kick into Q4 to Q1. Um, and then Polkadot is a little bit modified version of that where it's 100 blockchains, um, layer ones connected by what they call a layer zero or relay chain that just like relays um, you know, tokens and assets and liquidity across all those hundred of of chains together as well too. So that's like a more advanced a more advanced implementation of a internet blockchain or cross chains um, world. Um, but looking at like even like Bitcoin and Bitcoin DeFi as well, they know that that's been popping up. Um, you know, like they're trying to build like a, there's stacks. Um, mm -hmm. I think one of one's called Mint Layer, and there's like a few other ones too that I've been just just keeping a watch on. Um, but I haven't really fully, fully dived too much deep into it yet. Um, I'll probably dive a little bit deeper into it once it's like people start actually launching, uh, launching a little bit better, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Matt, uh, maybe you might know there's, there are like actual successful Bitcoin DeFi stuff, but a lot of uh, the DeFi crowd that I've been has not really like picked up on that or really mentioned it, um, as much, as well and it's not like people in DeFi are, are anti-bitcoin at all um it's just um we just haven't heard of any like good yields and good farms and um, the dgen gamblers yeah, need the some DGen, uh, bigger yeah, yields the, right yeah because <laughs> what i'll say is that the chain doesn't matter and what and decentralized the qualities of the chain doesn't always matter um in the way that um people think People thought that Ethereum was the only DeFi chain, um, but B Binance Smart Chain mm -hmm. is really uh, is really centralized. And uh, yeah. um, as the, the only qualities that DeFi uh, farmers care about, again, is gains, speed, yeah. um, low gas <laughs> fees, and quick transactions um, right. that can allow you to compound uh, as well super fast. So I think that that's also important for Bitcoin DeFi is um, even if they were to just implement basics of it, um, the next level question after that is um uh can the fees be can, can the fees at least be a little bit lesser than like if it costs you a hundred dollars even 50 bucks even to to transact in a single move um for DeFi, like even ethereum um it 
is too costly. Um, there has to be like a layer two option, um, whether it be through Lightning or something else that uh, allows you to transact much faster on Bitcoin and cheaper. Um, too. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of innovation in the space for sure. You know, Lightning Network, like you mentioned, is uh, is really doing well. Their capacity is growing like exponentially. It's crazy, and people are using it all over the world as as means of exchange. So, yeah, it's it's really cool following the space. You know, and there's like you mentioned as well, Stacks is a. Uh, is that we're trying to bring smart contracts. I mean, Bitcoin technically has smart contracts, but it's super basic and simple. I mean, a transaction is kind of like a smart contract, but yeah, it's trying to bring bring more uh, bring more DeFi to Bitcoin. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to to see how it's going to play out. You know, one of my friends was make, making the case that you know you can Ethereum you, you can look at as a uh, as a layer two to Bitcoin if they connect them in, in mm-hmm. a way where, you know, you start with Bitcoin and you go to Ethereum to, in order to do DeFi. I mean, that kind of makes sense. So I don't know. I'm kind of looking at everything from a, from a interconnected standpoint. And I, I do think that Bitcoin serves the best purpose as, as the base solid foundation for things since it's uh so super decentralized and so super secure. So definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, I think the, the, one of the only closest things right now or for now is wrap wrap bitcoin wbtc um and uh yeah it just depends on who you ask about like bitcoin and how bitcoin can play into DeFi. and ultimately for me the the goal for bitcoin and DeFi is not necessarily yeah it's decentralized um but for me at least um is just the value capture of how much liquidity and money is in bitcoin um and how can you at least network um, effect transact and, and utilize that loan or lp um, for the as well too. So, um, that's for me, like, um, the biggest like gold mine that you can tap into for that. And, and again, like at least, and that's why like I personally don't have any beef with like rat Bitcoin, except the fact that like, you know, it could go bust, um, potentially, um, if, if the rat Bitcoin foundation or whoever is running it isn't doing well. But again, like if, even if it goes bust, then somebody else will come back in again and just create a more better version of rat Bitcoin that works, right? Um, or, yeah. or they might have to centralize it and take actual custody um, of a central organization like Circle and USDC and come in and step in and, and, and take custody of uh, and, or trust of those uh, Bitcoin as well too. Um, but it will be done one way or another um, if, if, if rat Bitcoin fails. And um, I think that we'll see m- more further implementations of that um, across all the other chains where at least like they can tap into the, the liquidity and, and, and money of Bitcoin, um, but then still use use the qualities of their chain and natively um, within their chain to transact and, and exchange. But it, again, it depends on like what, what the goals of like Bitcoin DeFi are. If, if people want to, uh, if you're like more on the Bitcoin maxi side, then of course you want to have more transactions to stay on chain and, and just stay within the Bitcoin ecosystem. Um, but if you are um, focusing on more like DeFi value capture, then it's more so just bridging and, and tapping into Bitcoin liquidity um, and wrapping or bridging it into um, into your ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, wrap Bitcoin isn't technically Bitcoin, but I, I get what they're trying to do there. It's a, it's a token, right? But yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely uh, doing doing some good. We're we're able to, you know, test out new things. I kind of see a lot of this as a big test net. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're testing out new technology, and this is uh, you know, not, not everything's not going to be perfect, but this is you know, this is still innovative new technology for sure. So, yep. <laughs> 
So are you, uh, I, I looked into, uh, I think it's called Alluvium, uh, a video game. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you go over a little bit about these video games? Are they connected with NFTs or uh, how, how exactly um, yeah, it, are they integrated with crypto? Yeah. yeah, so this is a brand new category. Um, you know, they're calling it, there's so many. I mean, it's just with any new, new thing in crypto. Whenever there's a new thing, somebody's going to come up with a new acronym or a little, little keyword or, or name, name for it that may or may not yeah. be adopted. Um, so for like, yeah, play to earn, um, started popping off because of Axie Infinity. Um, Axie had, has had a great run so far and it's still an alpha. Um, and a ton of people has made, you know, a ton of money off of Axie Infinity. So, you know, Axie uses NFTs for each of the game characters or, or, or creatures in there. It's similar to like Neopets or Pokemon. So you have to like collect them, play a little mini game and breed them and collect in-game currency as well on top of it. So there's NFT layer and then there's a few different tokens inside the ecosystem as well that, that kind of helps drive the, the economy and also, um, or for specific use cases as well. Um, Are there companies behind these video games, or how, yeah, how does yeah, that yeah, work? Definitely, or? definitely, definitely. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so um, Axie Infinity was definitely more like an indie blockchain game studios. They they really got together after seeing CryptoKitties, and they wanted to essentially make CryptoKitties, but uh, real utility. And they kind of did that, right? They they took these cute characters um, at first; they were just existing, and then then they started adding. Um, actual use um, to it as well, which I should have uh, kind of paid attention a little bit more, but we're still super early on it. Um, and, uh, you know, what they're calling it, this new category of thing is ga game fi, game finance, I guess. I don't know who, I don't know who coined that term, but that's like the closest thing. Uh, pay to earn, play to earn is uh, game fi. It's com combines uh, gaming, NFTs with DeFi together because like it technically, like you can earn and get essentially it is like, like a yield in a way mm -hmm. um or if you own plot in in these digital uh metaverses and games like you will you could get a yield for just like renting and lending out your land as well too so that's super interesting for me because like i'm a super like i said like i started to get into crypto because of uh litecoin and dogecoin because i'm a big gamer and i love games um and the fact that we can make money by playing games now it like blows my mind like even more further than exciting more than esports even because esports now yeah. can be um like a battle when you're playing Fortnite, um you, you really can start competing for money and, and that that's super crazy and we see these esports tournaments make a ton of money um and that's still from centralized entities um but yeah like alluvium is another game created by another game studios um built on unreal engine it's um, one of those like auto auto chest auto battler games i don't know if any if anybody plays those games but it's like team fight tactics built by right games and others so you know you just build up you just get your full like team of uh monsters or heroes and then just deploy it in a different position in map and just click go and and they just fight each other and you're hoping mm -hmm. that you're you're you position your guys really well and there's some strategy behind it but i haven't really dived too much deep into it but what excites me though is that we're seeing triple a games like looking games starting to get into blockchain and crypto um get into the space and that's what's going to bring a lot of adoption and, and dollars uh, into the space mm. are these uh nfts and games that um are, are most of these using the ethereum blockchain for uh tokens or are they on different blockchains or right now yeah it's all um all ethereum um 
and then soon pretty much is going to jump onto a layer two so like a polygon or uh, another uh evm compatible layer two called immutable x as well um that that group's um is still growing but they're they're making some really good games um yeah because like right now ethereum is still super especially now it's like still super expensive to transact in the game and uh there are other other chains that you know our games are, are built on or exploring like Wax, uh, EOS, and others or modified versions of those. But like in reality, right now, like um, it's mostly Ethereum that's driving the, the games um, for now. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting to see how you know tokenizing things, uh, you know, relating a token to a, a piece of art or a digital item. Uh, definitely, I could see that you know being used uh, in the future for sure. I'm not sure how it's going to play out exactly, but uh, it's interesting. Do you think that we can tokenize you know pretty much everything, and h- how do you see that playing out in, in sort, the future? S- sort of like for for me, I'm like more of like somebody that. You know, I, I like NFTs, um, but I don't fully like the speculative as, uh, aspect of it. Uh, well, you know, it depends on what you... If you go into art, you know, it's always pure speculative. I don't know how to, like, yeah. rate art. Like, art. if somebody, somebody draws, like, Same. a Picasso, then, like, how do I value... How do you put value to it? Um, but maybe yeah. we might maybe we might have realized that we've been rug-pulled the whole time. Maybe the whole art world has been all full 100% money laundering and pump and dumping each other you know it's a big it's that a billionaire's game right they um they just look yeah. at, at, at like one red dot on a piece of paper uh, uh, of canvas <laughs> and or, or something and, and, and pay millions of dollars and like well, maybe the, maybe the art itself had no value it was just the medium as a as a money tunneling or hodling yeah. um yeah. asset uh <laughs> just to hold hold uh, value capture value locking right in a, in a way yeah. <laughs> through it through yeah. a unique piece that is one one of one or you think it's one of one at least too so like yeah, you like, think it is right yeah. <laughs> that, that maybe it's mind, uh, too, like launched on another blockchain or it could be multiple of them yeah <laughs> or it could be the fake uh fake like the real world assets the real fake but like you if you don't know about yeah. that yeah it's just it's just crazy to me and and the the fact that like even in the art world like people are the fact that, uh, that they're like airports dedicated to just like storing like storing art and like um moving it and it's just an it's just another asset and commodity for some of these uh guys that are uh handling their money and, and whatnot but what but yeah, speculation is something I really don't like. You see, you know, with lately we see like the Board Apes Club, uh, Penguins taking over Twitter. Um, people are paying like fifteen thousand. I I debated about it. I was like, I was like looking at, it. do I want to click and, and buy this like JPEG <laughs> penguin uh, just to get a new Twitter avatar? I don't for twelve grand. I'd like nah. <laughs> the the biggest issue for me for like the entities right now is like there's we're still like in phase one I, I i like to say like we're in like pretty much like ico phase of, of, of yeah, a lot of hype hype no, yeah, no yeah. utility at all and so um i would like to see more utility but i think we'll take another three years like that's just always how the cycle works um yeah. pure speculation you just got jpegs right now um in the future um, I'm more interested in the NFTs that can actually generate yield or value. Um, and that's why, like, I think games and GameFi is much more interesting to me because, like, the each character or weapon item or whatever it is or land even um, can be attributed to some sort of utility um, or utility value by generating revenue or, or, or in-game mm-hmm. impact as well, which, again, still mm-hmm. almost relates to, like, economy and, and economy. Um, uh, like in the metaverse, yield. right? That's what yeah, they say. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it either has to have a use for me, like the energy should have more utility use case, but that's just like me with my hat saying that we're, we're still super early on. I still think that, yeah, like right now, like all the JPEG, uh, DGENs out there are, are um, still experimenting and, 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 and pushing the things forward. But I'll say what's very different about the NFT hype right now versus the ICO hype is that, uh, Value capture in NFTs is getting locked up more hard. It's way more locked up than how it was in ICOs. ICOs, people can just like mass dump and, and crash the, the floor, uh, fl- the, the token price. With NFTs is if nobody is selling the NFT, then the value is just stay supposedly yeah. staying at that point. Then people are just stuck in bag holding and, and that's but it. It's like actually it's, a liquid. A lot. It's I, a liquid. I think a lot of these will be a liquid. Yeah. 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 A liquid. So then, um, you, you you might be measure you might we might be over measuring some of the NFT marketplace because it's just all like listed price it's not true price of actual volume and sales so I would always say to like mm-hmm. take a look at like how the transactions are flowing um, I would be very data driven especially during the hype uh, hype phase as well too of like um, uh, you know if if the volume for these J, uh, the penguins are collapsing then you could probably see that the the, the base floor ply price would, would drop down as well too but i'm not an nft analyst and i i just don't like to be right now because um it, it's just all speculation based right now and a lot of people are uh, trying to flip them uh, yeah like it's, a all, it's, it's, a, it's a flipping game yeah. right now which you know again like if you're really great at it i bet you can make a ton of money um but i like to say that I, I like i personally just really like to sit down and just be able to calculate okay what's the yield or utility of it and so instead, I'm just like jumping straight into like GameFi. Um, I'll watch what's going on in like the NFT art collectible space, but it's not. It's just personally not for me. Yeah, they're, they're coming out with you know to- tokenizing you know just about everything, and the market, in my opinion, is getting pretty. Uh, it's going to get more saturated, more and more saturated because these things, these tokens, can be created pretty much instantly, and uh, you know can you can make art to indefinite amounts mm-hmm. of art so i think there's going to be more and more of these you know nfts and a lot of them are going to be liquid and people are going to be stuck holding the bag i think most of them are going to be liquid I- i'm sure it's possible to you know find some good ones but i think that uh yeah there's going to be more and more getting in there and there's uh i looked into recently uh nft rocks even they have pictures of rocks that they're selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars it's crazy and <laughs> I- these people are has, has a rock as well too <laughs> it's crazy man and people people are buying these up and they're they're going further further out uh and the risks further out in the risk curve because mm-hmm. you know people are trying to get yield and the money the money is being debased and i really think that's causing a lot of this uh gambling behavior because people need to store their value you know and you have fiat money that's being debased like crazy they're, they're printing 30 to 40 percent of of all dollars were, were printed in the last year so uh people are going further and further out and they're trying to <laughs> trying to generate yield and it's all it's pretty crazy out there stuff. yeah yeah <laughs> What's what's also different though it's like you know if you if you are following the nft craze today and you're seeing like yeah these these <laughs> This, these rocks, these ETH rocks going for like 100,000 plus, uh, these penguins going for 12,000, and um, the bored apes are going for like, you know, 50,000 plus as well, too. There's, 
I will not say that it's not invalid. Um, I'd say that the the validity of that right now is like for the bored apes, the me bits, the crypto punks, is that they got recognized by Christie's and Sotheby's. So it's like it's it's it it, it took its own f- shape and form of its own community and, and kind of culture in its way. Um, and so like I consider those ones as like the tier ones because they're validated. Um, and you know, as with any like token as well too, like it, it exists because it's it's validated by its own community. And so I think that those are right now um, really big to um, not die. And and because of, if if they're continuing getting um, certified and authenticated by these uh, art galleries, then uh, the price floor is actually maintained or actually increases through the roof. Um, so then now those those NFT collections are here to stay. And they'll they'll mm-hmm. maintain value um, because the perception and community is ready there. What these NFTs groups and collections are also kind of doing is they're they're essentially forming DAOs in a way. Like if you buy an NFT, like you're a bored ape, like you have essentially transitioned and joined that Discord community and group. Now, whether that DAO itself actually has real utility. Uh, who knows you know like we they are donating to stuff they're building some cool applications they might have meetups um and sometimes it's just just a straight measuring contest where it's just like i have the biggest ape i'm the biggest ape of all i'm the king of apes <laughs> you know um <laughs> you're gonna listen to me and they, they might have more clout <laughs> as well so um you're just seeing these like celebrities and whales um get into this yep. game and and it's like that clubhouse effect you just want to be in that group that's it like with amongst like this elite and we're just seeing like these multiple tiers now of like crypto punks being like I'm a millionaire baller here, you know, like I'm the top tier <laughs> crypto punk. And then you got the bored apes, which is like, you're like the 50 to hundred grand type of uh, baller, uh, spending that. And then the penguins are now like the, the 10 grand, uh, <laughs> 10 to f- 10, 15 grand floor. So like there's different tiers that you kind of graduate, but, or, or if you just like the animals too. So it's, it's becoming a little bit more, it's more complex than just like JPEGs now, um, because of the, that, that community feel and that DAO feel. Um, and then I'm seeing that some of these, um, nft groups are building more utility soon and and i think that's like that's the way to evaluate some of these like collections now if they're if you see somebody just minting these like random nfts like a corgi and all this stuff they're just like now writing the hype of following these like crypto punks and stuff doesn't mean that there's not opportunities in that um but again i I start playing in the the mindset of like okay is it short-term hype if it's short-term hype then just yeah just flip that if it's uh, a little bit more long, medium to long term, then just wait for utility to come in and kick in, um, and follow follow the development for all of them. And um, yeah, um, yeah, that's the way I would value, evaluate it. It's hard. Uh, it's hard, in my opinion, to f- just flip things in general. I've I've tinkered around with, uh, you know, I mean, stock options are kind of similar. Uh, you know, you got to enter in at the right time. You got to get out at the right time. So you got two different timings there that you got to time correctly. It's it's a hard thing, and uh, it's it's I, I kind of it really is I kind of given up on it. I just buy and hold stuff now. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. You you really have to have the alpha. You or you almost have to front run everybody, and that's what's happening right now. Yeah. Is that a lot of these NFT collections are being pumped and dumped by by these like crypto Twitter shields. Like I've yep. seen it um, nonstop. Lots and, of that. Um, they'll they'll buy in at the minting, um, and it won't become a thing yet. It's like again, like it, it was like the early DeFi farms. Like they they all told each other first. They bought it. It's like and the then, ICOs of 2017. Exactly. Yeah, Except the difference yeah. now is that they're not dumping on masses of people. They're dumping it on just, they're making it very personal. They're just mm-hmm. dumping on you, just one person at a time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the rug pulling, just like a few people. So it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's different. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, 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 uh, with DAOs, you know, they're, they're trying to decentralize, you know, organizations and decentralize, uh, altcoins. And, the, um, the, it's very interesting though. I don't know if you've been following, uh, the government at all, but the SEC has, uh, recently been talking about, you know, how they define a security and, uh, you know, if there is a team behind it, and, you know, investors came in, uh, whether that was a pre-mine, whether that was a, some, some type of token sale, uh, you know, if, if there were investors that came in, purchased, uh, tokens and, and hopes of, of gains in the future. And, uh, due to the team behind the project, uh, if there's a centralized team, that is defined as a security is what they're saying. So it's interesting. I'm, I'm wondering how they're going to, how this is going to play out and if they're going to, you know, go, <laughs> go more heavily, heavy after these, these altcoins that are more centralized. What, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, like, I think the suggestion was like, if you are going to launch something, you should stay decentralized, uh, or you should launch it decentralized before, uh, early as early as possible. It's hard from though. The beginning. It, it is really hard. Um, yeah. To do, um, as well. And, and, uh, you know, I think what we'll have to see is like how the ripple case will play out. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Um, and, uh, but yeah, like, even right now still though it's just like i don't think even the sec and others are still super early on in, on DeFi. we have not seen any major cases against DeFi, but maybe it's also too it's like how can you shut down something that's decentralized uh, for the most part uh we are seeing a lot of regulation though like uniswap had to like actually restrict tokens yep on their um, interface on their yeah. interface um, but the interface is not, you know, the argument for them is the interface is not the protocol. The protocol is decentralized. That's mm. just the interface for them because they are in New York or wherever in the U.S. jurisdiction. They have to comply and, and not sell um, securities or close to securities. Even though, like, you know, we see all these, like, random DeFi farms just straight up be kind of like a, a, a violation of all that. Um, but... Um, the question is, does the centralized, the, the fact that it's decentralized, um, allowing them to skip the SEC laws and security laws. I don't know. And I don't know if the SEC can stop that either right now currently. So um, they're still playing like cat and mouse with a few other things. And so that like our NFTs also securities too, like in the future, if the NFTs are generating yield, like don't we have to KYC everybody like as well too, like technically Um, it's, it's it's super complex. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's interesting to see how to play out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I tell people, you know, decentralization is a, is a spectrum, right? So you got projects, a lot of times they start out a little more centralized and then they uh, get more decentralized as they have a working product and they uh, are able to develop and, and all that. So um, the only fully decentralized, I mean, fully, if you can define, if you can define that, but is Bitcoin, right? That's the, mm-hmm. that's the most decentralized. So uh, let's, let's move on a little bit to, to Bitcoin. Um, you know, uh, you support Bitcoin and I do too. And we've been, wi- we've been here way back since 2013. And, you know, I think it's a, it's a big game changer, you know, and I think uh, there's a lot of potential there. It's a, it's a new money that, you know, people are able to store their value in something that's undebasable, that's unconfiscatable if stored properly in your head. 
people are able to, you know, flee from tyranny and uh, store their value in something that's not being debased if they have hyperinflation going on like Venezuela or elsewhere. So it's providing a, a very good use case for humanity. And I'm, I'm a big, uh, you know, I'm, I follow, uh, I, I, I consider myself a libertarian. I, I'm very uh, liberty minded and I, I do support, uh, you know, this uh, human rights aspect to it that, you know, people are able to have property rights, you know, they, they're able to store their value in something. And uh, a lot of people don't have access to, you know, stocks, uh, real estate, stuff they can hold their value in. And all they have is a fiat currency that's being debased like crazy by the day. Uh, and you know, if they're, if they're in a crazy tyranny and they're able, they're not able to leave or they're not able to, you know, buy some gold and leave with that gold, Bitcoin something that you can store in your head and they can't confiscate. So yeah, it's, it's just something that's uh, really, really interesting to me and I'm really getting behind and uh, I think there's a lot of potential there. So, uh, are you on the same page with me with that? Are you, uh, do you, do you see Bitcoin as a good investment? Are you, uh, are you a hodler for, for long term? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, I definitely hold Bitcoin still. And, uh, yeah, I think long term still, it's, it's, it's great. Um, admittedly, I am just a little bit more heavier skew, skewed on altcoins, um, currently. Um, just because it's like, uh, just from the, just pure, like, again, I'm a, I'm a DeFi DJ now. It's just pure from a gains perspective over the farmer, farming, either farming perspective or, um, mm -hmm. speculative as, uh, aspect where, um, I think that this alt will gain more than Bitcoin. Um, mm -hmm. in the end of the day, I will get more Bitcoin because of me. I'm writing, I'm trading off of these alts as well too, because it's like, we're, sure. you know, if we're waiting for Bitcoin to go to hundred grand, that's like only a maximum, like a two X, like by the time Bitcoin hits hundred <laughs> grand, um, these other coins will five to 10 X minimum. Um, or if it's like an early stage project, a hundred X as well. So like I'm, I'm not opposed to alts as well, but and I'm using alts as a means to um, just get more Bitcoin, stacked more sats, man. That's you know, oh yeah. Day. So it's like the it's just like my risk, your risk behavior. It's like everything I always see is like core is the Bitcoin. Everything else is just trying to like make more sats, <laughs> stack more sats, and yeah. Um, so that's my my point of view for that. Um, and so that's why I'm not opposed to like altcoins and and jumping off the hype of altcoins as well, too, especially from a trading a trading and trading uh, trading aspect as well. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, though. I mean, you know, 2x, 200% uh, uh, on investment, that's that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, if you look low. at traditional <laughs> investing, right, that takes years to get. And that, uh, you'd be, you'd be in you know, ecstatic with the 2x return. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I think there's still a lot of gains to be had in Bitcoin, though, too. And the thing I like, I like about it is, you know, like you were saying, uh, everything else is a little more speculative. And I think there's super small risk with Bitcoin. I think it's been de-risked over the years and it's, there's a lot less risk now and uh, all bitcoin has to do is you know keep doing what it's been doing for the past uh you know 10 plus years and just continue pumping out blocks and it's a very simple protocol and it's uh yeah there's not much to, to speculate there that's why I, that's why I, I just uh, a little bit more safer on, on my investments i guess i'm not in the phase where i'm trying to you know like get some crazy crazy returns but i think there's still a lot to go with bitcoin still Definitely. for sure Definitely. Um, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think Bitcoin is still king and, and it will remain uh, remain to be king as well. So I'm still super bullish uh, of that. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to ride the waves from others and stack more sets. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, I, I, uh, I understand that for sure. I, I'm stacking stats as well. So, um, yeah, next I want to move on to, uh, I guess, uh, the term toxic maximalism. You think, um, I've been asking a lot of people <laughs> about this. You think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people that need to chill out in the industry, in the, in the Bitcoin community and who need to, you know, yeah. be a little more welcoming to, to people, uh, in the space. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think, uh, and it, and it's on all sides. The Ethereum, Ethereum maxis are also guilty. It, it's it's on all sides. Uh, and I think the biggest the biggest flame again is has been between ETH ETH and uh, Bitcoin maxis in general. Um, mm-hmm. It's just been a nonstop thing. And I, again, like for me, like as either a marketer, somebody's working in an industry as a DeFi degen and trader, it's like I don't even care anymore about the chain i mean i do but i don't at the same time if i'm not long term about the chain then like i'm going to follow the gains and and that is what it is but also too it's just like you can't discount um you can't discount these new layer ones that are coming out that have really interesting use cases and and and, and, uh, adoption as well so it's like um you know i i i always keep things with the open mind now and not be so tribalist because that got me nowhere. You know, like I, I jumped with the whole like EOS and, and other trains as well that came by. Um, mm-hmm. and it just didn't pan out and it's, and there's no reason to do that. Like you're going to miss so much opportunities and there's just, so, and even just one step back, like if you just look at the teams out there that are building and people that work in the industry, there's so much talent right now working across different chains and different industries. Like, um, like you said, like the Alluvium game and, and, and other ones are built off different chains. Um, and mm-hmm. if they can at least do the best job that they can and actually get mass adoption, then it's a win for us in the overall space, um, no matter what chain it is as well. So um, every, I think every chain can have be purpose built or has different purposes as well. And it just like figures out what, what, what that where that fits and and how that fits for you as well in terms of your investment or your appetite as well too um so that that's all <laughs> yeah yeah i think there's definitely people you know and like you're saying in the ethereum maxis bitcoin maxis we all uh, we all need to you know kind of get along here i think for sure but so yeah what, what do you think about um the the new technology on bitcoin the lightning network and el salvador's adoption as a legal tender um do you think that you know bitcoin's going to become more of a uh, not just a store of value but a widely used medium of exchange and do you think it's going to compete with fiat and eventually you know overtake it or do you think they're going to coexist and how do you think how do you think that's all going to play out in the future yeah i mean we'll have to see how it plays i mean i I love to see lightning and el salvador like really take off more um you know i think that uh, it's the same reason where i see like right now currently like as a currency and payment system like to me at least like the qualities of a chain or the token has to kind of match something that's like a visa or mastercard level of transactions mm. personally if you're trying to use it as currency because like just think yeah. about like the user experience I, I, at the end of the day that's why I, I really care about when i look at adoption is like user experience um for that and if you have to sit there and just wait and the and it's not instant um and the fees are sub- absorbent as well um then i just personally don't see that as like a replacement for um hard currency or fiat in the in that way in, in the aspect where people are sending money and transport. Yeah, that's why the Lightning Network is so so beneficial. For yeah, sure. so I think Lightning Network can play a huge role uh, of that, and um, I think Jack Dorsey is going to implement that in a more much more larger scale, hopefully as well. Um, combining that with On Twitter. Twitter, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I foresee it probably is going to use like Twitter, your Twitter profiles as your, your main identification for social or your wallets, and then um, combine that with uh, NFTs and other stuff that he wants to build on top of it as well. So I think that he's really there's he's brewing something there we don't know yet, and he might push it through uh, and implement it through Square. So um, I'm excited to see where that where that goes um, for that. But yeah, let's say Lightning is is needed and necessary. Um, DeFi on, on Bitcoin could be super interesting, adding more layers to it as well um, and giving financial freedom or becoming a replacement bank for people like that. Be Imagine like, yeah, if, if there's Bitcoin DeFi and you're in El Salvador and, and everybody is like going Bitcoin, Bitcoin as their main um, huddle, then like you can earn interest as a bank um, for holding that. Then that's again, adds more cements, more um, staying like consistent growth uh and firepower for Bitcoin to have people start exiting their native dollar and going full full oh, yeah. Bitcoin as well too. So that, that's that's what I'm excited. And I think that um, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on like how that further develops as well too. Um, but yeah. again, like what we're seeing is like further competition of these central bank digital currencies as well. CBDCs are going to come through China. Fed Reserve says that they're not really as interested, but I'm sure they're probably building something as well. And and all these other other uh, governments are coming as well. They're like they they can't be not looking at uh, at this and saying like we we want a piece of it and we want full control of our citizens and the data and transactions, which is horrible if you think about it. You just see like if yeah. you know some of these like. Um, developing countries with dictators and stuff like taking full mass control of their dollars and, and misusing it and, and turns into like a Venezuela and crashes it. Then it's like, yeah. who, you can't trust a very bleak future. Yeah. You can't yeah. trust a centralized party to control your, your money as well. And, and even, you know, in China, like them cutting off your, your bank account whenever they want, like, you know, it's, uh, that's a scary yeah. road to go down. And I don't think that's a replacement for, um, for where we're going. I think it's a distraction and, and it might be a forced centralized action, but, um, but it can't be forced because we got Bitcoin. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Bitcoin is clearly superior. So yeah, I don't see CBDCs as a, as a, you know, competing with Bitcoin in any way. Cause it's just a digital version of fiat. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting though, that like you mentioned, uh, there's a lot of people who are unbanked and, you know, people are able to have a, a bank and self custody their, their Bitcoin. And that's, that's super awesome. Another, another thing is, you know, companies are starting to adopt it and hold it over fiat, which is super cool. Uh, micro strategy and Tesla being the two biggest and square being up there as well. Mm-hmm. You think more companies are going to be, uh, um, converting their fiat cash reserves. That's, uh, now a liability, right? That's what Michael Saylor says. <laughs> fiat is a liability because it's going down with certainty every year for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then you have something that has a hard cap that's uh, you know guaranteed to not be debased. You think a lot of more companies are going to be holding on to to Bitcoin? Uh, I think so, and I think they'll, you know, whatever they don't come now, then they're going to be they're going to be buying at, a, at a, another new new top as well. So it's like you know, what if they want to if they want to wait, <laughs> if they want to yeah. wait for Elon to to tweet up that they're going to accept Bitcoin again for for Tesla again, that's going to see another spike again. So and he already said it's coming. <laughs> so it's like. Uh, we already know that's a cat. It, it, that is a catalyst event because it straight up shot us to 60k from just from from that. <laughs> at least it started that run. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like, okay, you know, do you do they 
if if they don't want to add it into the balance sheet, then they they can wait. Well, great. Maybe it's like, what's the number though? Like they're waiting on. Does this crypto need to be a ten trillion dollar market cap to to make it seem like it's safe and legit? So then, what are they doing? They're going to buy at the top and just like hope it's like a stable asset and just like just stay there. Then cool. Uh, okay, great. Uh, <laughs> but that's how like the older dinosaurs move, right? They just want something that's safe. Um, yep. And I get it. They don't want to be the, the the leaders in such a in a world that they don't understand. But you know, we're we're going to get into a place where we're we're going to be controlling the new new financial markets, and we're the pioneers, and they're not. They're yeah. going to have to uh, play ball with uh, what's going on here. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the legacy financial system is in for a uh, disrupt disruption for sure. Where, yep. where do you think uh, we're gonna we're gonna be in? Uh, five years from now, you think you think uh, more companies are going to be on board and uh, holding 100%. Bitcoin and yeah, yeah. And I think that yeah, getting once we see more applications and adoption from like companies like uh, Square and, and Twitter and others like actually building really interesting things um, and allowing you know I think that Square is a good Trojan horse into um, like e-commerce as well as like brick and mortar as well. I think that's like another frontier that. We still haven't fully conquered yet for crypto to be accepted. It needs to be accepted as payment um, across, um, you know, all the things that we spend and, and do. Because once we are able to do that, then you know, then we, then we can freely uh, buy things and and use it as real real cash or real, um, yeah, real cash or real yeah. uh, real assets, real currency, I should yeah. say. Yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen videos of uh, you know transactions happening in El Salvador where people go into the their local grocery store and they buy some groceries and they scan the QR code on their phone. It gets immediately sent through Strike through Lightning Network uh, layer two. There's some centralization concerns perhaps with Strike, but you know that's how it has to start out, I think. But Definitely. it's uh it's really cool uh, to see that happening. I think vault. I think uh, Bitcoin is a little volatile as uh, currently still. It's not. I think it'll get a little more, um, you know, less volatile over time. It's still an emerging asset class, so maybe we're not quite there yet, as in terms of it being a widely adopted currency. Uh, but it's it's still cool to see it being tested out and Lightning Network working great and in, uh, in countries like El Salvador. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So yeah, I'm excited to see how that further develops and and just uh, yeah, be part of the uh, be part of the sh- the, the ride. Yeah, cool. So yeah, to, to end this off, uh, what, where do you think? Uh, what can we do to help uh, spread the the movement and get the word out about about what the, what Bitcoin does for humanity? What, what what are you doing, and what what do you think people should do to to help grow it? Yeah, for me, it's just continue to build uh, help companies or help groups um, and protocols. Continue to build um, yeah, real cool DApps and applications uh, for. Um, for mass adoption, I think that the key is not necessarily to think of crypto only first, crypto native first applications. I think that we need to go directly to like what's happening in the fintech world and, and others to be able to um, offer uh, a bridge or a or work with them again with like a square to get mass adoption. Um, so I think that, yeah, like in the future, we're, we need to continue to work with uh, fintechs and or fintech like companies and build our tools in the in that that same fashion as well. Um, with that in mind, where it's it's mainstream adoption first instead of uh, mass adoption, uh, crypto native users only. 
Um, I think that that's the way that we're, we're still not there yet. And, and because of that, I think there's much more upside for us to, to go. And uh, there's a lot more liquidity and, and money chilling elsewhere that we need to tap into. So we need to capture all those dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity. Definitely, you know, fintech companies and Square is one of the first ones, you know, integrating, plugging in, so to speak, into Bitcoin. I think that's definitely, a, you know, the, the future for sure. So, yeah, uh, where can people find more about you online and uh, about uh, NFTCon and, and all everything you're doing? Where can people... Yeah, you it. can find me at nftcon.co. NFT, uh, that's our NFT upcoming NFT site, and then defi-summit.com as well for our, our DeFi um, event. Um, we're going to be um, going hosting an in-person conference during Art Basel as well. So that's be in Miami, November thirtieth, uh, December first, uh, as well. Fully dedicated to DeFi and NFTs as well. So we're excited to to be hosting that. Um, and uh, yeah, find me on Twitter. Um, Justin Wu or Hackpreneur. It's like Hackathon. H A C K A. Coolest username. Pretty uh, I've always been like, yeah, participating in hackathons or hacking entrepreneurship. That's always been my thing. I like it. Awesome. Cool. Well, I'll link your your Twitter and uh, and a, your, a few other links in the description so people can find out about, about more about you. So, yeah, and thanks for being on. It was a uh, very fun talking to you. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Matt.